Good evening, folks. Welcome to Conversations of Color. My name is Clinton Demerit. And uh, first, I'd like to tell you, I am from the Bronx, New York. Bronx in the house. Uh, well, I am currently living in the Long Beach area. And um, a fun fact about me is I cannot <laughs> sit Indian style. Um, but however, I would like to introduce my other colleagues on the Conversations of Color. And I will pass the ball to Desiree. Hey everyone, my name is Desiree Gonzalez. Um, I'm from New York. I was born in the Bronx, but raised in Westchester, New York. Um, I currently live in Long Beach as well, so I'm on the West Coast now. And a fun fact about me is, well, I was born really, really small. I was like a pound and 12 ounces. I'm considered a miracle baby, um, but here I am thriving. So yeah, off to Mark. Yo, what's good, everybody? Uh, my name is Mark Sanders. Uh, currently residing in the East Coast, East New York, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, stand up. A uh, fun fact about me is I'm actually one of eight kids, so I come from a really big family. Okay, that just leaves me for less. My name is Jasmine Pyfrom. I was born and raised in the Bronx. I currently stay in the Bronx. A fun fact about me, I love avocados. What we're trying to do here, we're basically a podcast, webcast, that's just allowing a, a safe space for people to share their ideas, emotions, concerns in this world that we're dealing with, uh, a lot of racial tension and, and, and background and, and uh, history uh, against people of color, like all of us here. How I like to start our, 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 our call, just, just check in on, on everybody. How, how's everyone doing? How's everyone feeling today? Today was a good day. I was really like looking forward to recording all day uh, so like everything didn't even matter. Everything was just like you know what I yeah talk your talk do your do, do what you're gonna do. I'm still but I'm I'm about to do me later on today. So okay do what you're gonna do. So I mean it was a whole bunch of other stuff that could have that could have got me upset that could have got me you know like um, you know that could have killed my vibe. But I just stayed the course and just like yo I had something I was looking forward to and now we here. Right? Yeah hey, I like that energy. I like that energy. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, for me, I had a great day as well. Um, it was really productive. I had a work meeting, and then after my work meeting, I did some errands, I read a little bit. So yeah, overall, a productive, good day, um, but yeah. Yeah, um, today's Tuesday. So Tuesdays in my world is a little bit hectic because it's like sort of beginning of the week, so I'm getting a lot of you know follow-up calls, but you know, that's part of the job, but Today was actually good. I feel like I got a lot done, which is usually not good on Tuesdays, but I got a lot done like <laughs> as far as paperwork. So that's good. I feel like I ate healthy today. I did have a salad, so I did challenge myself okay. to like stay the course. And I feel like today was just a good day. It's getting colder, so I feel like that's good. I like I like the fall, so that's good too. Hoodie season, hoodie season, full effect. Yes. Yes. Right. yes, jacket season. Let's bring it out. Let's go. This is when you get fly. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> yes, yeah, that time. Like last season. Oh, Love hoodie season. Favorite season. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely one of my favorites as well. And she, uh, for myself, today has definitely been a, a good day. Just been home. 
kicking it with my mother, uh, doing work and uh, taking advantage of working on East Coast time instead of uh, West Coast time. So get to work regular eight to five. But it's it's good to see everyone is having a good day today, doing well and um, and, uh, feeling well, you know, eating good, working out. You know, excited to for for the conversations of color, and I think um, I think uh, we'll probably need to just let people know, you know, why we kind of wanted to do this. You know, kind of put this together, and um, what was the the need to 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 voice our concerns and our opinions, especially about um, all the the racial tension and how this impacts our mental health. And um, I don't know if anyone wants to kind of go first or just, you know, just say whatever they have in their heart and in their mind, because we're a safe space. I feel like just with everything going on, like this is the first pandemic ever. I don't know if everyone else to do a pandemic, but with everything going on, I feel like this is the, the no better time to focus on mental health because you don't know where people's mental state is at with everything is constantly happening, people going back to work, just getting back to normalcy, I feel like we, is just a lot of mental strain right now. On teachers, on like people who work in school, it's just a lot. I agree, it's, it definitely is, it's, it's tough, right? Being home, um, worried about the pandemic, you know, where it's, it's hitting hard in, in the communities of color. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you both. I think that um, for me, why I wanted to do this was because um, Jasmine is right. Like this pandemic really was an eye opener, I think, for a lot of people. And and for a lot of people, they're starting to wake up to like their mental health, to having to go inward and really, you know, heal your mind and your mental and your emotions um, during this time. I know for me, uh, personally, it's been a great um, time of just solitude and and really just, you know, thinking about my life and how I ended up here and all of that. And I think na- it's important now more than ever to uh, have this like platform to talk about it because I know in my culture and your culture, like mental health is not a thing. It's extremely taboo. We don't talk about it. Yeah. You know, showing our emotions is considered weak. And I think it's the opposite. And, and we really need to make that known and advocate for that. And it's really important, you know, for people who look like us to see people like us talking about this kind of stuff. So that's personally why I do this. I completely agree with all with everybody, um, everything that was, that was already said about, you know, the times that we're in and the need to kind of look inward or just kind of have that self-reflection and examination of like, you know, the journey traveled thus far. And, you know, I feel like everybody has had that, whether it's with, you know, uh, you know, people who are journaling, people who are on the other side of that spectrum, whether like they're losing people, you know, or they're going through really hard times. It's just like, this is a time where, you know, people are just kind of trying to figure it out. And as you said, the jazz, the mental strain is real. Like that's a real facts, man. And it's, and it's, and it's <laughs> interesting to see how that manifests on a national level, on a, in a political level, right? And how that's affecting everybody. Um, for me, um, the reason why I'm doing this is because it's something that was kind of leading up to um, where we are right now. I currently work in higher education 
and I work with underrepresented populations. And, you know, it's basically like an intersection of, you know, communities that we support to get them to go to school or to find post-secondary education options. But, you know, working in the field um, for many years, I realized that a lot of the students that tend to go to school, um, maybe away from home or in new environments, that mental health or unaddressed mental health issues are the strain to their success, you know, that's kind of stifles them to preventing them to move forward. And, you know, we work, I mean, working with, you know, counseling centers on our, on our campuses um, and even in New York City uh, with the, the, uh, the mayoral um, initiative that, um, uh, that, was, that was pushed out recently. I can't remember the name of it, but it comes to mind uh, in a few minutes. But, um, but yeah, it just kind of like something that was, I was continuously in, including within my work and making sure that the students that I was working with had uh, resources um, and also for myself like this is definitely a journey for myself like you know Absolutely. To like, you know identify like I, and like I felt like I'm talking about oh I'm advocating like go you know go see somebody or make sure that you're talking to people make sure you're you're doing healthy uh, you know have you know incorporate healthy habits in your day and I, was, I had to ask myself like am I doing all these things <laughs> so it wasn't until I actually started to take the step to you know to go to therapy to actually start to you know have uh-huh. uh, where I was like yo this this is actually this actually is not what I expected you know we talk we see we see all the stigmas and hear all the stigmas around mental health and what that might even look like you sit on somebody's couch and you let them talk to you but when they start asking you those questions it's a, it's only you there to answer you know and um. You know, and so the things that you actually uncover or discover um, along the way is just powerful and meaningful, and it is, and it really helps. Um, it helps with the mental growth, and I think that you know we all work. You know, people encourage people to work out physically, but we need to work out mentally. And, That's what it is. And sometimes, uh, uh, you know, I would even I would even parallel a therapist as a personal trainer for the mind, like really, like just That's a certain to different exercises and to really kind of break through these different uh, thought patterns and experiences. I would even Absolutely. generational curses, if you will, right? That we all experience. Yes. And I'm like, hey, like I've, that experience for me was powerful and I now want to advocate and, you know, and spread that awareness to the people that are listening to this podcast or that will listen in the future. No, that's real. Dang, Mark, you just ding, hit it on the right. head. Right. <laughs> like, not, the not, not, not. For me, like, and I think all of y'all, you know. But this I'm, is why we're here. We're doing good work. You know what I mean? Bring all of, all, of, uh, all of y'all together to kind of, you know, be a part of this. And for myself, I think what really kind of triggered, like, just watching that video, just George Floyd. Like, I, I'm just, I've never seen something like that. And just being able to just, if you just dumb it down, that video, and you see as if everyone is treated as humans, all those people that um, were watching were all bystanders. Like, everyone knew that there was something wrong. And for the fact that there's this law and order that that kind of kept it separate, you know, being, you know, they didn't want to get in, involved with the police, which is completely understandable. But just watching from that human aspect level, that those people were all bystanders. And I just really felt just constantly just seeing these, these, these videos of another person just getting 
shot killed. It's just, it's a toll on you. And I've been working in corporate for six years now, and I'm finally starting to hear people in in my company finally talking about racing that, you know, they've been there for 10 years, and this is the first year that they're actually having conversations about race. And I realized that, you know, we, we don't have an, enough platforms for us to just voice our opinions to sometimes that and I know for myself, I, I keep a lot of stuff maybe just in uh, just in my head, just battling all of these things. Yeah, no, but Clinton, like, you brought up some really good points, man. Yeah. Like the George Floyd thing. The, I think the George Floyd thing is really um, it's I feel like. As this may be, I can't, I can't, I lost count on how many times, uh, you know, seeing a, a black man killed in America, um, and now like seeing George Floyd for some reason, it kind of reopened the wound of the traumatization of of how America is treating black people. But seeing like the, but if you if now that I think about the video and the player and the people who were in the video and understanding like the reactions, the hystericalness, like the crying, like, you know, just like the, the, the pictures and people's voices. Like these are all signs of like, I mean, I'm not, no, I'm, I'm not in the, you know, mental health fields. So I don't have any clinical definitions, but like, I'm just understanding those as like, I, I'm assuming that those are some type of like outcomes of psychotic breaks or something. I don't know, but it's just like, we all felt Possibly. it. You know, we all felt, we all felt that feeling, you know, how whoever was recording, the people that was, that was around them, even the people that was, um, you know, the, the police officers themselves played a big hand and how that triggered everybody. Um, and, it, and it's just, and it's really like, we really need to figure out how to not be desensitized by that, but also how to unpack that and and healthily and find a healthy outlet to kind of express that whether that's called conversation whether it's through you know exercise whatever you know outlets that we have available to us to utilize to kind of unpack that because it's, it's like it's a lot to hold on our chest on our shoulders and you know because i'm not gonna lie when amar when amar arbery passed away like i lit like I, I ran my three miles but I ran and I didn't even realize, but I had tears coming out of my eyes. Like, mm. didn't even realize it. And it was just like, yo, like, that's, that's something that I can't even, you know, imagine. And I wasn't even emotional, but I felt like maybe that was just because I was suppressing it or something. I don't know. Mm. You know what I mean? And it was just like so many back to back and even Breonna, Breonna Taylor. And I, I forgot the other, um, Sean, I forgot his last name, but the, um, the, the Army veteran, Army veteran who also um, was shot and killed, too, on, on Facebook Live. Mm. A lot. Back to yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, I, you said something really, like, um, interesting. You said that, you know, you saw everybody crying and everybody being hysterical and, and all of that. And I just want to point out that it's definitely what's happening there is the recognition of injustice, the recognition of trauma, the recognition of of our humanity being taken away when something like that happens. And so, I mean, that's good because 
in the mental health field, you know, if you are expressing that you are either in fight or flight mode. And when you're expressing you are, it's literally, it can be healing, although it's very traumatizing in the moment, like just you expressing, you crying, you screaming is you at least recognizing that it's happening. And so once you have the recognition, like, hey, this is not okay, then that's where all of these protests came from. That's where all of these conversations are stemming from. It's people are waking up, I think, to the fact of what's really going on. And I'm not sure if it's because we were blinded in the past or if it was because, um, you know, there was this veil over us. But I think what it is, it's it's a spiritual awakening. I think it's an awakening of, of what's actually happening in, in, you know, the U.S. and all of this racial tension and, and everything happening. Um, I think it's people are just starting to become more aware of like how bad it really is because it's always been there. But as people say, it's now being filmed. It's now being put out there um, for the world to see. So you can't really hide from it anymore. And I think that's what's going on right now. Yeah. And the constant living, the constant living of each replay. <laughs> It's crazy because I often wondered going into the pandemic, should I kind of you know utilize my time before the, before all of the uh, unrest happened, you know you know the, the deaths that we knew about. Mm-hmm. I thought that like, hey, should I get off social media? But then I felt guilty because I was already socially distant from everybody I knew, you know, and it was just like, right. nah, this is the only way I can connect. But then I was kind of. What do you call it? I was, um, it's almost like I was forced to watch those things because that's where I was interacting with people. And people Uh was like, I don't want to even, I don't even want to watch TV. I don't want to watch social media. And I was just like, no, we got to watch this. It's so draining. Yeah. It's like, it's a mental drain. You know, I even, someone had to pull me aside, like someone had to, personally just tell me you know some of the stuff that you're posting it, it just is it's coming off as you're angry and I'm like of course I'm angry you know but that's not the message that I want to portray to everyone that I'm, I'm sharing this with my story on, on Instagram is that I'm just this angry black man is is more than that and I really had to take advice of like okay I'm gonna post you know something that might be negative but post a solution to it as well you know if I'm saying to 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 support or or um uh, like donate, you know, pro- provide some type of example and resources for people to check out and to refer to. And I think that's where um, a lot of the the uh, the aspects are starting to come in. Like people are starting to realize and realizing that it's more than just being an ally. It's more than conversations are a good a good start. But a lot of the stuff that we're looking for is embedded within our laws. And that's where that's when you know. Um, really really trying to push and create change but it all but it all starts with a conversation you know that that focal point that being able to understand the two different sides the two different views um you know across the fence you know and i think that's that's what that's what's really key and and clinton you said something really interesting you said um somebody said it was negative of you and i don't think it's negative at all I think it just makes people uncomfortable and a lot of people would rather stay in denial and pretend it's not happening to ease their own fragility. Uh And it can't be ignored anymore. Yeah. And I I want to, I have two follow-up questions. One's going to kind of, they may go into two, four different, different conversations. But the first one is like, is like, 
is there space for anger on social media? Like, is there a space, is there a welcome space for people to be angry and express themselves and like, and, 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 and people have uh, an understanding or a sympathetic uh, emotion to anger? Or is it just like, oh no, he's angry. I don't want to hear him. I can't hear him. It's just too much, you know? Like, yeah. I think it could be both, actually. Yes. Because both, because like, first of all, you can post whatever you want on your social media, but how people perceive it is not like your responsibility or that's not your control. Right. And it could be so you post something else and then I can see 10 other people post the same thing. That's when it become overwhelming in my, in my perspective of how I look at social media. But you have all the rights to be angry. Like you are a black man in America when like every, all the odds are against you at this point when everything at all time high as well as Clinton is just like why can you guys not be angry and that is goes back to the stigma that we have in our communities that men can't show any type of emotion because mm-hmm. then you consider weak or you're not considered strong enough or you're able to just like take 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 like when are you guys able to release as women are you know we're allowed to be emotional but then like oh no we're too emotional Mm. It's like, where is it a balance for us to even share our emotions as minorities when we feel like no one really hears us, but that even our community, we're we're taught to not even speak. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And like, here we are trying to speak for our communities who are scared to talk. Yeah. Jasmine, I completely agree with you. I think that in our communities, especially anger is not allowed, you know, like, whether you're a woman and you express anger, you come off as aggressive, or you're a man and you come off as angry, you come off as violent, you know? And so uh-huh. that you could express anger in a healthy way because anger is very sacred. It means that you are aware that justice <sighs> is happening. So exactly, I think it's really important to have a space to express this anger and do it in a healthy way. But you also have to remember, you know, People could only meet you as deeply as they've met, as they've met themselves. So when somebody has say that again, Desiree, for the people that are listening, you have to say that again because as we continue on our journey of speaking, we have to meet people where we are. So we're welcoming everyone so we can meet people at different yes, levels. Exactly, and and when people have suppressed their anger for so long, when somebody expresses it, it irritates their own inability to do it too. And so I think that's the conversation here is to say, hey, it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to be angry. We just have to find healthy ways to express it and and not be not contribute to the violence or or any of that, you know. But I think this anger is justified. I think it's it's been needing to come out because we like, hasn't been expressed until now. So I think that's why there's so much rage it's that it's been suppressed and repressed for so long that people are like, absolutely not. We can't tolerate it anymore. I think just watching like. I, I have to remember that within these last four years, I've literally watched, you know, uh, you know, racist people out in the, the different parts protesting in, in, in areas, hitting people, uh, protesters with cars. And it's just like, this has been within four years of watching. And it ha- hasn't happened one time. It has happened multiple occasions. And it's like, how much more are we going to allow this to continue? Like, and then and we, 
a lot um some people know what the problem is but a lot of the the issues is just the lack of knowledge some people are just not aware and are just not informed to to understand what the the, the serious problematic issues that we're facing every day uh, it's, it's a daily struggle that we have to to go through and i'm i am sick of the narrative being that we have to work twice as hard as our counterparts uh, as our non uh color folks that is it's, it's terrible i i, I don't want to have to tell my kids that anymore. I'm, I'm just sick of it you know just just uh, frustrated absolutely 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 Clint. that's that's Man, that's that could be a whole nother podcast, man. Yes. <laughs> that could be a whole nother podcast. <laughs> a whole nother podcast. And, and breaking down like the you know, the the emotional and the mental, you know, struggles and exhaustions that, you know, that go into that, right? Because to be honest, like that's like we like we're standing on the shoulders of our ancestors who, you know, who had to do that times ten. Mm-hmm. You, know? Mm-hmm. you know, and um I was watching a video of the author for, you know, the book that we talked about, um, you know, um, uh, yeah, uh, about the uh, post-traumatic slave syndrome. And she talked about how slavery, um, the, 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 uh, <laughs> the injuries or the things that happened to slaves back then no longer happened to us because we don't work as hard. But one of the uh, archaeological finds they they um they found in a graveyard where slaves are buried is that the the muscle was detaching from the bone and that's an in- injury to marking on the bone or how the bone develops. Mm-hmm. And we don't have that today, but they see that on every single last bone or you know uh you know graveyard gravesite that they found. And I'm like, listen, like you're working so hard, the muscle detaches from the bone? Are you kidding me? That's wild. That's insane. Don't even think of. And then, and then to that, like, and I mean, Desiree, you know the the, the uh, clinical term for it when that kind of get passed genetically from one generation to the other. Like, we're dealing with that. <laughs> like, like, that's crazy. Um, but I digress from that. Um, and I have a question for Des and Jazz for you guys who are in the mental health field. And I mean, I'm not for sure, you know. As people who are maybe, uh, beer, uh, you know, you guys are kind of like the people that they kind of uh, uh, release valve for people and their emotions and the things that they go through. Like, how are y'all doing in this time? Like, what, what, like, what are people who help people do to, for help? Well, I just been, I have to say from March to maybe the end of April was like hectic. Like, I was, like, at my burnout point, I was just, like, I can't do this. Like, this is a lot. It was, like, call after call. Like, I was asleep. It was, like, I was on call. It was a lot. And to see, and just to think that, you know, you have to help other people. But it's, like, like Mark said, like, your mental is just breaking down day by day, call by call. And it's, like, your colleagues ask you how you doing or your you know your support system, but it's just like your clients still expect you to be on hands for them. And it's like you're like so at your last point and it's like mm. then it's like, all right, then here comes corona, just coming down more and more than mm. the children are not in school. Like I work with families, so the children are not in school, so it's like 
one thing after another. And it's just like, I have to come back to myself. And like, I took three days off and I turned off phones and I was like, off social media, off everything. And I needed like a mental closure for like three days. Yeah. Literally. It was hectic. Like, because no one been through this before. So it was just like, then death after death. And it's just like, you hear someone else experience death, and I'm just like, "Whoo, all right, I need a, I need a moment, I need a moment." Yeah, I, I agree. It's draining. Definitely, it's been, it's been a crazy six months. I think, like, I mean, it's been Oof. crazy always, but yeah, six months has been just trauma on top of trauma. But for me. Um, how I handle it is I do a lot of self-care personally. Um, and one thing that I do that's really important um, is I allow myself to cry. I allow myself to feel my yes. emotions, my anger, um, whatever it is, I let myself feel it and sit in it and allow it to release from my body. Because if not, you know, that's what causes disease. That's what causes, you know, the trauma to be passed down generationally for whenever I decide to have kids, you know? So mm-hmm. it's really important that I take care of myself and to unplug, like Jasmine said, and to give myself a day with no technology, to not look at everything happening, and to really just, if I need to lay down, lay down. If I need to go to mm-hmm. sleep, I just have a day to do something mindless, whether that's, you know, binging on a show or, you know, writing in my journal or talking to somebody that's really supportive and being like, hey, this is what I'm going through. Like, those are some of the things you have to do. You can't just um, allow yourself to get burnt out without also taking care of yourself because mm-hmm. if you're not involved, you cannot help other people. You have you to cannot. help yourself too. At least not effectively anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Now, y'all, y'all definitely hitting some, some some keys and some gems because it's like we always know that those like the strong friend is always checking on people, but who's checking on that strong friend? Mm. You know, and uh-huh. I always think about that when we when I when I I come in contact with people who are dealing with you know um, the social welfare of others. You know, so like that's 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 powerful, and I hope that whoever's listening, you know, that that's. That's something that y'all are practicing. That's something that um, uh, that you can, you know, implement within your regimen or your daily, you know, routine because it's important to take care of you. You know, like the the, the saying is that you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. And um, and that this is really important. You know, and uh, I'm just gonna leave it there. <laughs> we can go on and on and on. Yeah, on. So that's a good point. Um, I think uh, Jasmine said something that really kind of like uh, stuck with me was just. Um, I think now what the culture is kind of turning into is that it, um, it it's no longer business as usual. Like uh, um, it's always been common to exclude. Uh, the discussion of any type of like racial any issues in the in the workplace yeah. around that and now it's like we companies are looking to get more diverse looking to for more people of color and it's in and i think people need to understand is that we need to challenge you know our companies our corporations uh that if they value us they need to support our values the things that are important to us and not expect things to just be as business as usual mm-hmm. with this year going on and even in in, in my workplace um, i definitely felt my my clients didn't say anything to me about any, anything they were just silent just just ready to start the meeting 
And it was hurtful to me being the only black person on the team. You know, everyone, okay. in, um, uh, uh, my clients a little bit mixed, but you know, no one's, no one's really, a, you know, the black culture. You're absolutely right. I was talking about this at work um, this morning. It's so weird. Was that representation matters. Like, we might be the only people of color wherever we work, but it's important to have people who look like us. So that way the culture of the company shifts as well. You can't just have diversity and not actually have representation. And so that's really key. That's really important. You know, we gotta holding people accountable. Like we, we have to, you know, we, we, we have to, we have to, we have to push, we have to go against the grain now. And, and then with, I feel like with this year, it's been a, you know, a lot of people have yeah. a chance to do a lot of self-reflecting and work on themselves internally, but it's also going out and trying to, to make a difference. And I feel um, like we have a duty as uh, like we we must do what's right. Like we must create change because no one else is going to create it for us. It's it's we have witnessed numerous presidents. We have witnessed numerous people try. But if we really want to create difference and change, we have to we have to be the change ourselves. We have to go out there and and get our hands done. Can I can I can I shed a little bit more light and go a little bit more in depth <laughs> at um, the idea of representation at the workplace? Because it's one thing to have representation, but if there's no change to the culture with mm. representation, you will still be, uh, you know, perpetuating the same systems of oppression that we operate. Whether you was a person, the only person of color there, exactly. And that's something that I feel like happens very often in New York City because we do have a lot mm-hmm. of diversity, but the systems of oppressions are still rampant. And people are just like, hey, like it's in your deliverables or your job to kind of make sure that these systems keep going, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it's and it's crazy because it's like when I hear when I when I see that and I feel that it's almost like every kinfolk ain't your skinfolk or all skinfolk ain't your kinfolk. Mark, I, I agree with you because you're right. I, I'm glad you bring that up because I did mention the representation thing, but you're absolutely key in what you're saying because what's that saying? Like communication isn't as important as comprehension. So you could be saying something to somebody, but if they're not understanding you, then the same things are going to keep happening. So Exactly. Yeah. And so, and it kind of goes back to that idea. It's just like, yo, if, you, if the companies are really serious about the diversity and real inclusion, then that's, it's not just the pit in the face there, right? It's not putting a token there. It's like, or, you know, the person like, oh, there's a black person there, or there's a person of color there that, you know, that's kind of showing that we are diverse. It's like, what are we doing to be inclusive in the culture? You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and, and it's just like that, but that, cause that really, like the workplace is really, I mean, I wish, I want to do, I want to research this, right? I want to know like, at what point does people's mental health um, decline because of the workplace environment? Mm. You know? You know what? That's funny that you say that because there's a study in, in, in China where, or I think it's, it's, it's in Japan, but basically um, they, due to them like working so much, people were committing suicide. Like they was literally uh-huh. like killing themselves because yeah. of work. And sometimes work is draining. It's stressful and it, and it adds to you. You know, I was, I was definitely at a point like, at that 
um, this year where it was, it was messing with me mentally. I couldn't eat. I couldn't, I couldn't focus on anything else. I'm just so stressed about doing better at my job while all of this is going on. People are, you know, seeing people like me getting killed, dealing in a pandemic where this attacking our, our community uh, the hardest. Uh-huh. It's like, uh-huh. oh, I still need to bring 100%. Like, I still need to do be, go above and beyond. And it's like, bro, I'm tired. And uh-huh. I'm- yeah. Yeah, yes. I think it goes back to like this this idea that our country runs on capitalism. People are just commodities. Like you know, people are just uh-huh. a, a cog in the system to make the unfortunately white people of power um, more money. That's all it really comes down to. Is, is uh, there has to be a shift in in not even just culture, but a shift in mindset on what's important. And honestly, it just runs so deep that until that happens. I don't know, like it's, it's, it could be really discouraging, but it's people like us who are going to hopefully, you know, change those systems and policies and, and implement, you know, real like change and real, um, I don't know, just really what's important. I think a lot of people during this pandemic are waking up to that fact that like money is what's really making all of this happen and, and all of that. So Uh it's, it's literally people are choosing between their health, right. Going back to work and making money, being able to pay the rent, get food. It's just like, if we really had, if when we compare ourselves to other countries that has been able to control this pandemic a lot better than we are, it's prop, it's, it's a lot of things doing that we were so um, insistent of going back to work, right? People are protesting about wearing masks. What? Are you like, serious? People are, yeah. crying, are you worried about a mask? Yep. Like, can we cue that, that Cardi B meme? Coronavirus! Why you care? We're dying! We're dying! We're yeah. dying. <laughs> That's a good one. Like, that video. It's, it's just like, it, and, it's, and it's so funny because, like, I think about, like, how Trevor Noah, like, for me, has been the only source of news that I want to digest. Because it's, it's infused with satire, and it's easy, and it's not it's not triggering, right? It's funny, or it can be funny to some people, right? So, and it's so funny, like, I, I literally every day look for his videos and his different color sweaters. I'm like, oh, what, he gonna, what color sweater he gonna have today? <laughs> like, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like, that's the only type of news that I was able to consume without getting, like, feeling uneasy about what what the future is going to hold, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, and I know that it's not the news for everybody because it, 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 it is a little, it's a, com- it's a comedic stance on what's going on. And it, it may not be politically uh, positioned for everybody, but for me, like that was, that was, that was it, you know? Like I needed that comedy, but I also needed to stay informed on what was going on. Yeah. So mm-hmm. shout out to Trevor Noah and The Daily Show. Yeah, you know, seeing somebody, uh, a person of color, coming from a like more comedic standpoint, definitely takes off just a little bit of that. Like, man, this is exhausting. So just to have that, and for us to be doing this and to talk about these kind of things, um, the way we are too, it's like really important to do this this kind of work. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree. I agree. Hey, that's 
That's what that's what conversations of color is all about. Really diving in and exploring the different avenues of how these racial biases, you know, um, systematic oppression is impacting every aspect of our lives, every industry, and how the situations that we deal with on a daily basis truly affects us mentally. Sometimes we don't have anyone to, to turn to to go to uh, to speak with at home, or or any uh, friends or family in, the, in in the workplace that you you feel close with. Um, and I think the goal of of our webcast is to really provide uh, just a, a place for for people to feel comfortable and to learn and to really think about the the mental aspect. Of, of, of every issue that we're dealing with, you know? Yeah, I don't know um, if you wanna, sh- how much you wanna share, but um, being in the fact that y'all both are from New York, but y'all both are in LA, away from family while all this is happening, like, what was that like for y'all? And what was some of the things that you guys were able to do to kind of get your family fixed of like making sure everybody was okay and connecting mm-hmm. and, you know? For me, just having that, that you know, da- uh, weekly, you know, family FaceTime or checking in like, hey, like, how are you guys doing over there? Or them doing the same thing for me has been has been vital. I mean, for me, this pandemic and everything going on, it really makes you take a step back and see what's important. Um, and so at the end of the day, life is short and we really have to cherish, you know, those close to us. And so for me, it's actually also brought my family closer together. Mm. Um, uh-huh. Everything that's been happening. And so for me, um, I haven't been back to New York in almost two years. Actually, it's been over two years. And so for the first time, I'm actually going to see my family for Christmas. Um, That's so dope. Yay, Desiree. (laughs) Distance also, I mean, this sounds so corny, but like distance does make the heart grow fonder. And for me personally, it's been um, really powerful. I mean, it sounds corny, but it's true. Like I haven't been able to see my family probably as much as you guys have. And so for me, with everything going on, I'm like, wow, like we never know what's going to happen. So it's really important that I do see my family and go out there and visit them and all of that. Now, I no, Mark. That's a that's a really good question. I think for myself, I was um, during the time. You know, I didn't have a really. My mother and I, our relationship was like just constantly button heads, and I was ready to just be out and be free and, and live on my own. But I think um, moving out there and been going up, living there for almost six years now. I really got to grow a lot as an individual. I learned a, I learned a lot of life lessons that I would have never learned if I didn't move out there. And I, and I just had to deal with a lot of stuff on my own. And I think there were certain aspects where I wish I had someone there to, you know, to a family member to help me in some situation. But I was fortunate enough to, to meet a lot of great people out there and help me grow at, um, in, in any type of way, you know, provided any type of assistance and support there. And, um, and I think with this year going on, I've, um, and e- even throughout the previous years, I really started to understand the value of family and how, you know, this people get so caught up in the material things and, and social media, you easily get drowned in the competition of, of, of where you're at in life. And I've, and I've learned that the, the importance of family and spending time with others. So this year was was definitely um, really important. The fact that I, I lost one of my members of, of my family due to the virus. 
And um, just I'm so sorry to hear that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And just being able to kind of come home and, you know, kind of surprise my mom for her birthday. And just like make sure that my family is good. So this year is definitely just like understanding and just cherishing family to the fullest. Mm. Definitely. And just to piggyback really quickly off what you said, Clinton, I think you could probably agree, but it's also for us, Mark, I think it's also been trying to find that family away from family. Like I have a huge um, support system of friends here who have kind of become my second family and they've been uh, instrumental in my own healing and, and my mental health as well. So I think that's really important when you are so far away from home to have that too. Yeah, I agree with you. Absolutely. It's, it's it's definitely important, you know. She a lot of people I have met, they didn't they just keep moving or someone leave and I get so sad, like, oh man, another person <laughs> <laughs> another life, hey, you gotta take life. Yeah, it's just i like I just know I, I hear so many like um seen so many posts on uh, stories of people who kinda like to just like end this by themselves and you know, and just seeing like how they are coping do this, you know, away from family, maybe they have a friend support, like Des was saying, or maybe they just don't because they moved there and, you know, recently didn't have the opportunity to, you know, create networks, um, you know, people um, once they get out there. So just hearing y'all, you know, stories, I'm pretty sure that that's helping somebody, you know, and I, and I hope that the idea of family uh, you know, I know that everybody's family situation is not healthy mm-hmm. all the time, but in my in my mind, I would, I mean, I guess in the utopia, I guess, right, that family is kind of like the, the home, the, the, the home post, like the go-to, the recharge, right, when you go to recharge, they energize and kind of just get re-excited, uh, excited about the world again, um, in a utopia world, but I know that's not always the case, but... I hope that this pandemic has allowed people to re- reevaluate their family situations and, you know, and just brought them a slightly, you know, just one step closer than they was before. Um, but I know on the other on the reality of it, some people didn't make it. Some people's relationships did not make it. Family ties broken. It's a lot of stuff that's going on. And that's a, that's a whole nother issue that I feel like, um, that's you know that we could talk about but i think it's just important to kind of focus on like the positives of you know where you can get those uh mental health supports or just like you know the camaraderie of your friends and family that you can you can rely on no that's key that's key mark yeah definitely gotta i always try to look at a situation and think about the the brighter side of things you know and and be thankful and, and cherish every every moment and opportunity that you get, because you never know, you know, when anything can happen. Like I, wrote, I read a post that was saying like, you know, we got like a whole new um, level of fear of missing out, FOMO. Like, you know, we're like, we see all these lit parties, these amazing gatherings, or, you know, whether it's people that we don't know, and or even people that we do know, but they're just like, oh, man, I wish I was going, I wish I was there. Like, oh, man, I'm just sitting in the house, just chilling. But yeah, it's just like, those, like those things, those those feelings of like, I don't know, like, it just makes you feel really bad, like, damn, so I'm like, why am I just sitting, sitting down and just chilling? Like, I got to get up and go up and go somewhere. 
And and man, and I can't imagine. Like, I, like, can we just talk about all the trips that was canceled in 2020? Like, all these international, these international trips, national it's trips, so like, road trips. I got my international trip in. <laughs> Lucky you. I went to Canada. Oh my god, yo! I was scheduled. I was scheduled to go to Amsterdam. Right, Ooh. right when this happened. I was scheduled to go to Greece. Ooh. Yeah, he was supposed to actually come and visit me. That was canceled as well. So it's been weird. And I'm sure, you know, there's there's no going back after this. That's the thing that I want to really, like, make it clear is that we can't go back to how it was before all of this. It's forever going to be different, whatever that looks like going forward. And and so that's, uh-huh. you know, really important, too, um, to talk about. But that's, like, a whole other thing as well. Uh, yeah. And I think it's um, because I think a lot of people, like you said, Desiree, realizing that, you know, things are not going to be the same going forward. And a lot of people are starting to realize that you should. This is like a break right now, like as a pause. And you should be focusing on the things that are important to you, like that that are meaningful to you. Because what we're realizing is that time is valuable and you need to value your time. Because if you're spending your time not doing something that you're interested in, it's gonna impact you. you know, it's gonna it's gonna mess with your mind. It's gonna mess with your body, and that is the two. That's something that I definitely realized is that, you know, working here is cool. It pays the bills, but this is not the end for me. This is not my final destination. I need to do something more. But you know, putting no, that's 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 a power that's a powerful mindset to have in this moment. Like that's a real powerful mindset to have in this moment, man. I mean, I would say I would like to say that we are all privileged and blessed right here on this podcast. Because Absolutely. Because we are in this mindset. Not 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 the fact that we, you know, we have we didn't lose people or we do lose we did lose people or we have still have our jobs. But the fact that we can sit here and, you know, organize and you know and and come together to build something within the uh, uh, literally a tragedy. Like this is powerful because there's a lot of people out there that I'm assuming that they don't feel that way. They feel like I ain't got no job. I don't know how I'm gonna feed my kids. Like, huh? like this, this, this um next stimulus check didn't hit yet. They said it was coming. It didn't hit. I, I gotta, I'm gotta, I gotta get out of my apartment because my rent is not paid. Like, there's a lot of people who is unfortunate, and you know, in, excuse me, in unfortunate situations. Um, and I want to kind of just extend that 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 moment of like, hey. This is a time where, yes, this is we are all in a desperate situation in different aspects of our lives. It's probably the rock bottom of rock bottom for many of us. But it's the if you can manifest a, a positive mindset in this, you know, I, I can I, I can't promise you anything, but I, I hope that just by manifesting it, that more positivity will come your way. You know what I mean? Um, you know, That's beautiful, Mark. That's so beautiful to be able to give that to us and to people who are listening. Like, that's a beautiful message because some people are hopeless. I work with people every day who are like, don't know where their next dollar is coming from, don't know how to feed their kids. 
and like I'm in a position like they're looking for me as their savior and that person that puts on me mentally every day like from client to client it's like I feel I hold myself accountable to make a change because if I don't help them who's gonna help them yeah and it, it puts me in a situation like you know what I could lose sleep today. Oh, I could do this. I could do this for them. Like I go the extra mile because why not? You know, like this, why not like pay forward? Because you don't know when like you will have to be in that same position. Mm -hmm. Like honestly, not to sound cliche, but really no, like you cliche. just never know. It's reality. That good yeah. energy out there, you know, what you, what you is what's going to get in return. I think it's so easy. It's so easy to focus on all of the destruction, all of the trauma, like everything going on. It's actually a lot harder to focus on what is going right. And if you can do that, then you're 10 steps ahead within yourself. If you're able to focus, even if it's like, oh my God, I was able to have food today. If that's all you have going for you, Focus on that, and that will Absolutely. really help you mentally because then you'll start having the gratitude, and that's what manifests stuff is that positive mindset that you've adopted that now becomes automatic, you know? So, yes, can we talk about that gratification? Oh, every day you have to be just grateful yeah. because someone did not make it. Like, literally, someone did not make it every day that we always get up and be like all right we wake, we wake up to go out to go to our jobs to like do our, our next tax but other people literally just didn't make it and we take that so we take that for granted because i feel like we always feel we have time but i feel like this pandemic shows that no time is really against us because we literally just never know mm -hmm. no. yeah. no. but also i want to speak on this and this is something i hope we can talk on when we talk about like um, the post-traumatic slave syndrome and all of that is that this positive mindset, although it's it's very admirable to have, a lot of people are unable to because they have a subconscious patterning of trauma and a subconscious patterning of survival mode. And so it's really... Uh -huh. You can't just think positively and expect manifestation. You actually have to do the inner work to rewire your brain to think positively in order for the manifestation to actually happen. And so that's a, that's a whole different topic, but yeah. I think that's really important, especially as people of color, to know that there's nothing wrong with you if you can't think positively. It's just you have some conditioning you have to overcome and to rewire. And so eventually you can get out of survival mode and thrive but that's a really important point to make too um when it comes to like manifesting and all of that yes speak on it yes i would like let's let's please mm -hmm. let's write that down that just goes that goes to post-traumatic slave disorder i just want to just throw that out there mm -hmm. and that's another episode for you should definitely dig deeper on because trauma is definitely heavy in our community and it's like we just brush it underneath the rug and just bring it to the next generation and just a cycle and we're here to like break the cycle we're breaking generational curses this we should be doing yeah like oh man that's like you just you just open up a whole nother can of worms <laughs> listen next week <laughs> <laughs> because and I'll just I'll just I'll just mention it and then obviously if, you, if it goes somewhere it goes somewhere but if we go always you know you know park it for later but I feel like at least in East uh, in, in in New York City you know um, it's one of those cities where we have homelessness but you don't know who's homeless 
right? Mm-hmm. Unless they're like dirty and they, you know, they, they, they yes. their hygiene is bad and their mental health is off and they're acting a little bit funny or funny in general. Yes. Um, but there's a lot of homeless people who don't show that they're homeless. And the same aspect goes to people who have everyday mental health issues or <clears throat> address issues. It's like we dress it up so well that we don't know what's going on. We don't know who's dealing with what. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, so when you said that, it was just like, wow, like, this is real because, it, again, it's, it, it, goes, it goes way back to, you know, when we came here, right? Or when, you know, when people were um, was brought in chains here, right? Yes. And, but I think it's just like, again, the trauma that we are carrying from, uh, you know, from our, what we uh, were taught or things that we go through, the, the trauma that's in our DNA and the current trauma that is literally happening to us right now. Uh, like, that yep. triple effect of trauma is crippling. It can be crippling. Yes. So, you know, and I, and, I, and, it, and it's so funny because people often kind of tell me or, or um, like, yo, you, you're real strong. Like, you're real strong. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? Like, it's just, you know, for me, I was just, I was just always in, uh, and still like, no matter what you do, you can lose your arm. You still got to go. You still got to think. Uh-huh. I mean, and that's just how, you know, you know, I was raised, but at the same time, like people are raised the same way or have similar upbringing. But when it happens to you, it's a whole different reality, uh-huh. a whole different yeah. reality. And, and the reason I brought it up too, Mark, was because a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people have heard about the law of attraction and manifesting, but what a lot of people don't know is that the key to is, is your subconscious conditioning. And so that's really important for people like us who don't know this and who are never taught this to be told this, like, hey, if you want a positive life, if you want to thrive, you have to do the inner work. You can't just spiritually bypass or think positively and then wonder why it's not happening because you can think all the positive thoughts you want, but if you yep. have an internal belief that you're not good enough and things are going to go bad, that's what's going to manifest, not the yep. positive thinking, what you believe. And so that's really important to make that um, like that distinction. And I want, I want my people, I want all of us to know that because people don't teach us this. This is something I have to learn doing my own inner work. And uh-huh. So this is super important. So, yes. So, so Des, what would you say is one thing that somebody can do today, right? To kind of just take that first step towards gratitude and manifestation. I would say first and foremost, don't spiritually bypass the pain. Feel the pain. Allow yourself to cry, but also don't wallow in it. Allow yourself to feel it and then make a gratitude list. It's simple. Literally write one thing you're grateful for. It could be the smallest thing like, I woke up today or I had food today and just build on that list. And so the way you rewire your brain is when you start writing that gratitude list down, you start to notice the good and noticing the good is the first step in really rewiring your brain to see the positive. Because when you've lived a whole life of trauma and scarcity and lack and uh, survival, it's really difficult to even notice the good. So yeah, first step would be notice the good, even if it's one thing, and then start increasing that. Do three things a week and then, you know, increase that. And so just keep building on that. And then you'll start to notice, oh, my God, there's there's good things happening around me. Does that make sense? Yeah, the power of momentum. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Taking one step, one as, as one of my favorite rap groups says, brick by brick, 
If you know, you know. I have a tattoo of it. Dude, for real. Moment by moment, like don't, baby steps. Like don't mm. try to go from like never thinking positive to being like, oh, I'm just going to be grateful for everything. No, take it slowly. Um, do baby steps. You know, it's, it's all about rewiring your brain and that's really difficult to do. So if you start off small, then you'll have success. If you go from zero to a hundred, you're prone to failure. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I stopped, I stopped telling people when people ask how you're doing, like, you know, instead of saying, well, I'm saying I'm taking it day by day. Yes, you know? sir. Because, you know, not everything yes. is great. And I am not always doing well, but I'm just thankful to be here today and just taking it one day at a time. Just keep just The one thing somebody can do to, to start to rewire their brain is just notice the good, even if that's one thing. And then... Mm -hmm. Keep building on noticing the good, and then pretty soon you'll be able to notice the good automatically. So that if there's anything, take that away, you know. And yep. And I also, I mean, this is something personally that that helps me as well. Don't underestimate the power of music and how that can change your atmosphere and your mood. Um, you know, because I feel like when people are sad, they generally want to listen to sad music, mm -hmm. but. You know, definitely, like, I know that we just had, like, this whole verses with Patti LaBelle and Gladys Knight. I cannot tell you how much warm yeah. I felt. Like, that was a beautiful, like, beautiful that, that was healing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It brought me back to my childhood. Yo, oh. even the videos of her making the the, uh, the banana pudding and yes. the whole Thanksgiving feast. Like, I was like, oh. I can't listen. <laughs> like, thank God it's around the corner. <laughs> like, you name it. <laughs> <laughs> you got the green beans. Underestimate <laughs> the power of music and literally just listening to, your, you know, music that just transformed your situation because I feel like we can always need some type of assistance and you know tricking our mind just you know transform us or transport us in a place or a situation that we are, we are, we're currently in so don't just sit there in silence you know what I mean if you're gonna if you're gonna manifest your way out you might as well jam yourself out <laughs> mm, <I agree. laughs> You know, do both. Listen to the sad music, but don't stay there. Then yeah. put the yeah. Right, 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 right. All, right. All, all of it. It's it's yeah. both. I think that's a really important point to make too, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. No, you, you put the you put the nail on the head. You hit the the, the nail on the head with that one. You know, because I'm yeah. telling you, like it's just like when you when you when you're in those those valleys, you know, them them saw them sad songs be hitting different. <laughs> Make sure you have some positivity at the end of that playlist. Absolutely. <laughs> it's all about balance, man. Yeah. Nah, that's balance. Right. And that's yes, balance, uh, staying positive, being able to take a, a tragedy and turning it into something creative, you know? And, and this right here, is our is our showcase to uh to provide that a source of a safe haven. Absolutely, absolutely. I just want to say that it's okay not to be okay. If all you can do that day is just wake up, that's okay too. And we'll end on this positive note. Any recording artists out there that's trying to do the soundtrack for COC, please help Clinton out. <laughs> <laughs>